Hello and good morning. This is Courtney West. Welcome to According to Courtney. If this is your first time with us, welcome. And if this is you coming back with me in the new year, I'm so happy to have you. On According to Courtney, this is a safe space that we talk about mental health, filling your cup, sex, and everything in between. Today, I am super excited for my first show of 2024 to have this guest. I have this amazing nurse entrepreneur who works in global collaboration, and we're going to learn today what that is. So without further ado, we're going to invite Miss Amina to join space with us. Good morning. Good morning, Amina. It's so great to have you in space. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. It's such a pleasure. So, I mean, every time we come into the space, I love to open it the same way. I'm gonna ask you three questions. And first is, what is your name and the origin of your name? Two, who, where are you from and where are your people from? And then three, what do you wanna share and drop into the space with us today? So my name is Amina Rashid and Amina means trustworthy. So that is an Arabic name. Um, and Rashid is um, the straight path or guided on the straight path. Um, and the second question was, where am I from? Mm-hmm. Where am I from? So I am from the DMV area. I'm okay. originally from Maryland, Silver Spring, right outside of Washington, DC. But I currently live in Northern Virginia, also just outside. I love it, I love it. And what are you gonna, what do you wanna bring in the space today to leave with our audience? What do I wanna leave your audience with? So I think I wanna leave your audience with the importance of connecting with the world. I believe that all of us have the capacity to be global citizens and really connect with anyone, anywhere. Um, You don't have to be limited to your sphere, wherever that may be on the planet. So if you're in a country outside of the United States, connect with us over here. If you're here in the United States, don't be limited to the walls of the U.S. Go outside, see what else is out there because the collaborations that can be made are incredible. I absolutely love it. I'm super excited to hear about this because a lot of people have never thought, really thought about global collaboration because we get so niched up into our own little communities and our own little cities. We forget there's a big world out there. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to know, tell us your story. How did you get started in this work? Um, so... The story of how I got started in kind of the global health area and global health collaborations was merely an idea that I had in my mind. Um, I was working and still continue to work in Black maternal health. Mm -hmm. And it felt like we were just missing something. We were missing what to do in a birth space, who's supposed to be where. We hire doulas, which I am definitely at 100% a proponent that every woman should have a doula. But then the question came into my mind, why do we need a doula? Where's your auntie? Where's your grandma? Where's the Mm -hmm. the village that's supposed to support you in this birth space? Um, And so I was just kind of laying around thinking about it. And I was like, well, other places I've seen, other communities, they seem to have these pieces. Mm -hmm. And for me as a Black American, the spaces where I saw it was in African communities. Mm-hmm. Mothers would come from literally wherever the family was from. Mothers-in-law would come, put everything aside to nurture that woman in the space of her birth and her postpartum time period. And those are some of the times where women here in America are experiencing the most challenges. Mm-hmm. But myself, I was like, well, what do we have that they could want, because I'm always thinking like an American in this exchange is harder, right? Right. Okay, well, in a lot of settings you see there's like um, poverty and they don't have resources. I was like, oh, well, we've got resources. Mm-hmm. They've got the knowledge. They've got the wisdom. They've True. got the know-how from ancient generations of, of, of nurturing, of maternal health care that they're not even thinking about that they have because it's just part of who they are. And somewhere along the way, between being taken from the continent and brought over here, we lost that. So I thought to myself, how can I get that back? And initially what I wanted to do was take groups of doulas and uh, nurses Mm -hmm. over the continent to kind of learn, um, kind of do like learning cohorts to see kind of how is maternal health work done there. Okay. 
bring that knowledge back to the United States and start to find ways to implement it in the Black community. Okay. And in exchange, some of the excess that we have, because I work in, I was working in healthcare and we have a lot of stuff that we get rid of because it mm-hmm. has a on it, an expiration True. date. But there's not always an expiration on something that is plastic or something that is can be reused. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my travels overseas, I learned that people that have less resources are much more um, industrious with what they do have. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, okay, if we can take our resources and help them, then they can give their knowledge to us and we will improve. That is absolutely amazing. You're just so you know you're, you 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 touched on a little bit that you started out in you know maternal health. So I'm going to give a little background because I know you <laughs> out here. Um, I'm in the St. Pete, Tampa Bay area, and I met Amina when she lived out here, and she was uh, one of the first black doulas out here doing the work. So it was when I started, there was really not anyone who looks like me or connected with the community that like I was looking for, but Amina. And she was out here as a doula, as a birth worker, doing the work and putting out the message. So to see you while nursing at the same time. So I was like, okay, she helped me realize what I was doing was possible and that there's a way to move and collaborate with other people. So it is great to see you doing this work and then in this space. So you're saying about this collaboration. So this is where you started out doing. What are you doing? Are you still doing that? I am still doing that. So like I said, it started out as an idea. Like, mm-hmm. okay, hmm. I literally, I think I was just sitting on my couch and I was like, well, what happened if we went to Africa and we took them and we brought them? And I just kind of left it. And I really didn't do much with it. I think this idea started in my head probably around maybe 2017, 2018. Uh I didn't make my first trip to Ghana until 2019. Uh Um, And in that time, I just started doing research about midwives over there and different nonprofits. And then I would just boldly email them and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, so that's kind of stuff that I do sometimes. (laughs) I love it. And so by the time I got to 2019 and I was actually ready to make a trip, I had actually met lots of people online that were eager to meet me when I got there. So it was actually a really, really good, nice trip, the first one. Tell me about your first experience at Ghana, because I feel like as as Black Americans, we there's such a disconnect from the motherland and kind of like understanding that richness because what is shown here of what Africa is and what Africa really is does not match up. And so I would love to hear from you. What, what was that experience like? Yeah. So it was, it was, um, it was really exciting. I, that was the first time I had been to West Africa. Mm-hmm. I had been to, I had lived in Sudan before and traveled through the Middle East and I've traveled through Europe before. But this was my first time in West Africa. Okay. So to see highways and skyscrapers, I was like, oh, okay, this is what's happening over here. I um, love it. I wasn't surprised so much in the mm-hmm. contrast between what we're told and what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was struck, struck by the... Um, by the the hospitality of the people mm. and the welcoming. And literally when I got off the plane, I haven't even got in out of the airport yet. They're like, welcome home. I was like, oh, welcome oh, home. Wow. That was new because I'd been in Africa before and didn't get a welcome home. Um, and then even when I left, they were like, oh, we hope you'll come back soon. Like, I was like, oh my gosh. And while I was there, again, that welcoming energy of Ghana um, I think it's what has had me going back and we will be going back again this summer as well. So my connections and my collaborations um, have evolved over the years and how mm-hmm. I'm going and who I'm taking and what I'm doing has definitely evolved. But the core hospitality of the people and the love that you feel from the people when you're there, that's that's unchanged. So mm-hmm. I love going. That is so beautiful. So when you're doing these collective collaborations, you know, I love how you said you just boldly just email people like, hey, this is what I want to do. 
I would love to learn from you. What has these collaborations, not only what you brought, helped you bring back here to help teaching, how did that change your dynamic of how you teach people here from what you learned? Um, so my roles in the professional setting have also evolved over the years. I have gone from um, being a bedside clinician, as you mentioned, and a doula to working in um, hospital administration and leadership, now working in higher education um, leadership. So I found the greatest receptive space for the work that we're doing have been students. Um, I was working with an organization that takes students from HBCUs mm -hmm. over to Ghana and other African nations um, to do service learning work. And so I was their maternal health director for a couple of years and we took students over and students are so, and I'm talking about college students, mm -hmm. they're so fun and so exciting because they are truly our future and they're full of life and they're yes. like, oh, we're going into a brand new profession. And so all of that kind of burnt out energy that a lot of us seasoned professionals feel mm -hmm. really rejuvenate your spirit. And so I would say the greatest thing that I've gotten from over there to bring over, bring back here is that I need to bring more young people. Over yes. Because they've got the energy and they've got the ideas, right? So being able to, to nurture moms and like when you go in the streets, you'll see people wearing babies like it's nothing. They wear, wear babies like we wear purses. Um, and so just having that idea that certain things are just normal occurrences in that environment. Um, to be honest with you, just full transparency, I haven't quite figured out how to bring those things over here and make them normal, make them our mainstream. The best thing I've seen that we can do is expose more of our people to the normalcy of it there. And then they'll be immersed in the environment and see, oh, well, maybe what we're doing at home is not the norm. And mm -hmm. if it's normal here to literally ride with a baby on your back, a baby on your front, on a motorcycle as you're dropping your child off to school, right? I love it. Then, if they can do that, well, what can I do over here? So the solution that I've come to over the years is that more of us need to travel over there. We mm -hmm. need to see what it is. We need to experience it. We need to feel it in our spirit. And when you go over there, there is something that I believe is ignited in our spirit that is something that's inexplainable. And the only way I can describe it is a connection to something long gone, a connection to something that has passed. Um, and I think it is what we lost in the transatlantic slave trade. Uh, that's such a powerful statement to say that because I feel like, you know, there is a lot of times, you know, having grown up with Nigerian godparents and being in that space and being called the lost children. She's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like the love is like you guys are missing something because right. you won't. He's like. I know where I come from and where my grandmother came from, my great grandmother. You don't know these things. What you know is what was brought into you on this continent. So you right. have that disconnect. Why do you feel like more Black Americans don't go back to Africa or go back home? Um, I think we don't go home because we're scared. It's, it's, it's not a cheap endeavor. I mean, you mm -hmm. do have to put out some money. But the crazy thing is we put out money to go other places. We put out money for our nails. We put out money for our hair. We put money for bags and shoes. So it's not a matter of lack of resources. I think also when it's not something that you have experienced, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily something that's even in your consciousness, even in your awareness that it exists. Mm -hmm. And so that's why my thought is the more people we can get to go do it, the more people will talk about it. The more people will say, hey, whoa, it's not what you think gather your coins, we're going, let's go, you know? So I think people just don't know. And when you don't know, you can't do better. You can't do anything any different, but when you know better, you do better. So if I wanted to take a, a trip to Ghana, so say you have, you've ignited the spirit of people who wanted to go, what would that look like? Like, what should I know for that experience to get prepared for? What should I save my coffee coins and nail coins to say, okay, I want to have this experience. Should I go with a, um, with a group, how how should I come to that experience for the first time? 
So Ghana is a very safe country and mm-hmm. you can you can do it on your own. It's not something I would necessarily recommend okay. um, because any country I go to, I usually try to connect with some locals or some body that's been there before. Right. Because just like America, there's always people that are, you know, opportunists and looking for opportunities to take advantage, right? Absolutely. So you can't be so like in a space of of euphoria that we think, oh, it's a utopia. And it's, you know, a lot of people have referred to Ghana as Wakanda recently. And it is Wakanda-ish. But it's a whole country and it's still got a wide array of people. So my recommendation would be to go either with a planned trip. Um, our, our, Our company, we plan trips for people. We do curated trips. So we'll do a trip that is pre-planned for you, or we'll do a trip for your group if you want. Um, And then we'll kind of collaborate to see exactly what you need. Do you need everything from airport pickup to airport drop-off and everything in between? Or do you kind of just want to have a resource there to make sure that you're okay? Um, And so we'll kind of support you in the best way that we can. Um, But we have tours coming up that are planned tours. Um, And then if the, the interest is more in less visiting the continent just to visit the continent uh-huh. and more surrounding um, an actual, like for us, it's maternal health work. Right. And I would say connect with some of the maternal health work that we're doing. So <clears throat> um, Swivel, which is the nonprofit lead- women's leadership organization that I founded, we're doing a collaboration with an organization called Reaper Health. Mm-hmm. in um, July. And we're doing kind of a maternal health exchange where we're taking um, maternal health workers from here. Again, kind of, it's so crazy how you plant these seeds in your mind and right. allow the universe to kind of evolve it for you. Absolutely. And you just think about it and then you let it go. And next thing you know, five or six years later, you're like, whoa, that's what I was talking about. So at the beginning, I told you kind of where I started. And so now here you can kind of see it's actually coming to fruition. So we're taking a group of Black maternal health workers over, maternal health workers and maternal health advocates um, to Ghana for a week to do an exchange with a variety of hospitals and healthcare settings, um, maternal healthcare settings in Ghana. Um, And then we'll take them obviously on a tour of the country. They'll see um, different sites in Cape Coast, um, which was the site of the largest slave trading dungeons that pulled Africans and brought them over to the Americas. Um, So that is what I'm doing with Repra through Swivel. Um, And then we're also going to be doing some um, tours, just tours for regular people that really just want to experience the continent. No connection to maternal health, Mm -hmm. but really just want to experience the continent. But in the, because I do recognize that there is severe poverty in Ghana, we do always have a philanthropic or service piece of our trips. Um, And that's kind of what sets us a little bit apart from some of the other trips that are just there. You've probably seen them on Instagram, going for the parties, going for the nightlife, because over there, let me not even fake the (laughs) fog. So it's, um, it's definitely worth going, but it's also worth remembering that as Americans, yeah, it really did suck how we got here, Mm -hmm. but we do have tremendous resources. And we do have a lot of opportunity to give back. And there, there is a need there. So we do have a service component of all of our trip. I think that's so beautiful. I feel like anytime you're doing anything, we should be always giving back. Because I feel as Americans, we don't really, we take for granted a lot of the resources that we have here, given we have our own strives and our own struggles. But we have so abundance of, we have so much of an abundance that right. we just don't get an opportunity to use. And I love how you brought up both of your organizations. And I would love, and we have some photos and things. And before, you know, we get to our midpoint where we take our little break, I would love for you to really, you know, go over, you said you have a trip coming in July. Um, give us more details of the name of what that is. And maybe we can follow like, what, what does that look like? So our trip in July is our collaboration trip with um, Repra Health, and it is called the Seed Exchange. Okay. Um, it is going to be from July 6th to the July 13th. 
Um, and we will, we're taking, we actually have an info session coming this Wednesday, I believe. I love um, and you can check out all of that information. I've been consistently posting information about it on my IG page for both Swivel and A Mother's Intuition because mm-hmm. both organizations are connected to me. And so right. you get all of me. Um, so all of the things that I'm doing, I try to post equally to just kind of let people know, hey, this is what's going on and this is what I'm on to next. Um, so we have that trip. And then we're also planning a tru- couple of independent trips for the end of June. Okay. And again, like I said, those are not maternal health related. Those are merely opportunities for people to get a taste of Ghana and get a taste of the motherland. Um, and I've heard I've heard other people say Ghana is a good starting point for getting mm-hmm. your feet wet in Africa. A lot of times I hear people say, oh, the flight's too long. Oh, it's so far away. Currently, Ghana, there are direct flights literally from several major hubs in the United States directly to Ghana. So for me, I leave from Dulles. Our flight leaves at 1045. We get in at 8 a.m. So really, on the flight, drink my cup of tea, have some dinner, and I go to sleep. I wake up, I'm in a crowd. So it's really not that far. Awesome. (laughs) It's not that bad at all. Um, it's a pretty seamless process getting through customs, getting through immigration. You do need a visa to travel, obviously. And then there's some shots that you'll need. Um, but we do a lot of trip preparation, um, to get our, our, um, our travelers ready to go and experience the culture. Um, we collaborate with uh, local organizations there on the ground to help facilitate our trips, make sure that we're doing what we need to be doing because we are going into someone else's home. We are going into someone else's culture. And as Americans, I think it's important for us to realize some of the things that we do here, we probably should not do there. We can't, you know, let people out the same way we may here. And mm. that's culturally unacceptable. Um, and then just other cultural nuances. Um, for example, the thing that always sticks in my mind is taking and receiving with the right hand. That's something that's very culturally appropriate. It's culturally inappropriate to take or receive with the left hand. Mm -hmm. And so first, and I still do it sometimes, I'm I'm reminded, hey, you're using your left hand. So I would just stick my left hand behind my back and function with my right hand, you know? So we remind our travelers of different type of cultural um, nuances that they may not necessarily think of to help prepare them for the trip but then also to support them along the way during the trip oh that is absolutely amazing and those are things you it's so nice that you guys have that because you won't think about that you're just moving through the day you know like i can say for myself i am a southern florida girl i know there are certain things that we do even you know going into new york you know you greeting people saying hello is like what what are you doing exactly exactly And just wanting to know how to properly conduct yourself. So therefore you're not offending people and you can actually enjoy your trip. You're in, again, a foreign country. Right. Learning how, how to move. And I just, oh, that's right. super exciting. And I'm just so grateful that you are doing this work and bringing that awareness to people that there's there's something else. And I want to lean into what you said. You're like, you're not sure how you're bringing this information over and making change. You're doing it now. (laughs) You're doing it right now and giving people the opportunity of a different way of thinking because I feel like a lot of times in birth work I've seen is that disconnect of, you know, my mom's not here, my grandmother's not here, nobody knows what to do right? uh, when it comes to birth. And you taking this experience and teaching people, you're teaching not just one generation, but you're planting the seed for the next generations and also repairing the seeds from older generations to get reminded. That's right. Someone did come and make this stew for me. That's right. Someone did sing these hymns or these sounds or these, it's not even sometimes words, it's the sounds that come from your pit during a birthing situation or the postpartum that your grandmother will have and doesn't know where it comes from. Right. So be able to be able to plant those seeds to be like, oh, this came back when we came over and to have that connection and why that connection is so pure and so important. Right. 
So I love that. And you were definitely, and I love how you used the word, the seed. You know, yeah. you thought about this seed six, five, six years ago, exactly. a year, the seed is real. Exactly. It's growing. It's growing into a beautiful flower. So I'm very excited to see what comes next. I am super excited. At this time, we're at our midpoint, and I would love for you guys to get to hear our Blast, blast artists. Yes, indeed. Great topic, ladies. And everybody, I want you to listen to one of our Blast artists. Her name is Lily Lorraine, and this song is called Be Like Me. Check it out. You can steal my pictures, try and use my name, acting conscious like me, but you'll never be the same. Looking in the mirror, not liking what you see. Why would you sit here and lose your identity? So go. And waste your day Throw all your time away You'll never get too far No one will hear what you say It's so sad to see You waste your energy Instead of being you You try to be like me Try to be like me, me, me Try to be like me You try to be like me, me, me Try to be like me You're looking so dumb And acting such a fool I would have lifted you up Instead you have no clue Looking in the mirror not liking what you see Why would you sit here And lose your identity So go And waste your day Throw all Your time away You'll never get Too far No one will hear What you say It's so sad To see You waste your energy Instead of being you, you try to be like me Try to be like me, me, me Try to be like me You try to be like me, me, me Try to be like me Try to be like me, me, me Try to be like me you try to be like me, 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 try to be like me. And that is Miss Lily Lorraine with Be Like Me. And if you are an independent artist, a spoken word poet, or even an up-and-coming comedian looking for some exposure, you can go to BlastMusic247.com and register for free. Blast is also looking for the fans of music, so if you love to hear great music, you can go to BlastMusic247.com, register as a fan, and have access to hundreds and hundreds of independent music. Blast, changing the industry one artist at a time. All right, ladies, back to you. Thank you. Uh, so for anyone who's just back and joining us, we're here with Miss Amina Rashid going over all her great global, you know, contributions and collective work that she is doing out of here. And I wanted to like really focus right now on the, the maternal health portion that you have like to, um, spoken on. I would love to go into what that is. And we actually have some photos of that. So you can like really go through the process of this. So if I said I'm a, you know, I'm a, a black maternal health worker and I want to assist what what makes a good candidate for this type of trip and what would I need to do to get ready for something like this okay so um currently I have 
I think, again, like we talked about in the first segment, our work has been evolving over time. Mm -hmm. um, and as director of the maternal health program for uh, 3GC, which was the organization that I worked with with the college students, mm -hmm. we were doing things a little bit differently. So we would pretty much take any students that were interested in maternal health work mm -hmm. and we would... Um, Kind of, I would teach, we, we had a semester long class that we taught them prior to um, in kind of preparation for what they were going to experience. And then when we actually, and also what they did was, because again, I believe we should give in order to receive as well. So the students collected items that were then put into maternal health packs. Mm -hmm. um, the items included diapers, wipes, um, we collected onesies. We collected copy wipes, which are the sanitation wipes, the hospital-grade sanitation wipes that we would donate to the hospital. Oh, awesome. Um, we collected uh, prenatal vitamins, folic acid, um, a variety. I think we had iron tablets as well. Um, and then what we would do is create maternal health packs for the places that we were going to visit. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those uh, donations, if we had overflow, the collaboration that I had with another organization in the country called 12 and 12 Ghana, mm -hmm. which is an organization that goes to 12 regions of the country over the 12 months of the year. Wow. We go to um, a variety of uh, community health, like community maternal and child health compounds. And so these facilities really kind of uh, gather people from villages uh, and the surrounding area. And I say that kind of loosely because like one of the moms we talked to, she said it took a motorcycle, like she took a motorcycle for like an hour. Then she had to walk for probably three hours because she walked like seven or eight miles. And then she had to pick a boat to cross over like a bit of a river. Also, she could get her child immunized and wait. Wow. Okay. So that's why I say surrounding communities a little bit loosely, because for people that are trying to get their children seen, that could mean, it, I'm not saying like it was just down the block kind of thing. So that's phenomenally, that's, again, we take things so for granted. Right. We're crying right. about being in traffic in our car right. for an hour, but this lady, you know, Again, took a and she did it with two kids, one on her back and one walking with her. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, eh, we really need to see things to experience experience it. Because I can tell you about it all day. Uh -huh. but when you see, and this woman was not complaining. The only reason we got this information from her was because we asked. We said, how long, like, where do you live? How far was it? We were asking a lot of different people. And this was her experience. So she wasn't like, oh, woe is me. Like I couldn't come and take my child to get the, she was like, this is what I have to do. So that level of, of resilience and that level of commitment to uh, the health and wellness of children is, I, I can't even tell you like what that means to see that live in action. Mm -hmm. So visiting the compounds with the 12 and 12 organization um, that's one of the other things that we do, uh, through Swivel. Um, and then our collaboration with Reaper Health, which is our event that we're doing in July. Mm -hmm. So really working with Swivel in the maternal health space and the maternal health work that we're doing over in Ghana, it can look like a lot of things. And it can also look like working with maternal health energy or maternal energy mm -hmm. with young girls teaching them about their cycles and bringing over pads because believe it or not it's challenging for a lot of young girls and women to get access to sanitary products so mm -hmm. that's why i created swivel kind of as an opportunity because i believe that intuitively women are leaders mm -hmm. we are on this planet to be mothers and if you are not a biological mother, that doesn't mean you are not a maternal figure or a mother intuitively. Mm -hmm. We are here and we, when we tap into that intuition, when we tap into our power, it's often a leadership power. And it doesn't always look like alpha leadership power. 
Right. It may look like I make sure my family has dinner every single night. Mm-hmm. I make sure I sit with my children and hear about their day. Mm-hmm. That's leadership. That's maternal leadership. Um, and so I think with Swivel, unlike a mother's intuition, because a mother's intuition is a maternal health concierge service. Okay. For education, we offer maternal health support. We really want to empower women in the birth space. Yes. So that's what we do. But with Swivel, it's a little bit different. Um, and that's why I choose to do the work in Africa with Swivel, because I think leadership can look very different. And mm-hmm. so what we're aiming to do is create collaborations with organizations that align with the mission and the vision that we have for our organization, um, which is empowering leaders, women leaders in any capacity in their own community. Um, And that's both here and abroad. So we'll do workshops and things overseas as well for women's empowerment on that side as well. Um, And so how can you connect with us? I would say, decide what space you want to hold as a woman leader mm-hmm. and let me know and we'll we'll make it happen and we will support getting you into the spaces that you need to be in to to do what you need to do as a woman leader and so that's what we kind of do as, as as swivel and then you can tap into the existing trips that we have um but our goal is really to empower um empower women leaders I think all of us have it inside of us. Mm-hmm. We just got to kind of dig in a little bit to know what's there. Oh, that is so powerful and beautiful. And it's like you, and you, you wear so many different hats. And I love that you mentioned that you also have your concierge service that is over here for empowerment. And then, and also to show people that you can do for-profit and non-profit and work. Non-profit. Exactly. At the same time. And it's like, they seamlessly go into both but in two different kind of ways it's like i love the concierge works that you can say for profit hey this is what you can do this is what you can bring this is what you can build in your own communities for a profit and then be able to turn around and be part of a non-profit doing this great work so i I know you um you actually had brought some photos that i would love to share from your non-profit portion of it from when you've done a visit in ghana and maybe is and i want to say are these from ghana I believe all the pictures that are from Ghana, yeah. Okay, so starting with this one, and just like explaining to us the background of what we're seeing and what work you were doing in this space. So this is the 12 and 12 organization that we work with. And we were visiting a CHIPS compound. I believe we were in the Western region. Um, and the gentleman in the center with the peach colored shirt, he's the founder of this organization. Um, and he is actually a physician in Accra. And he's the one, uh, we had worked with him uh, on a couple of other projects with the college students. And then he had, he started telling me about this project that he was doing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is phenomenal. I want to work with you on this. And so then whenever, actually, sometimes I will coordinate my trips to be aligned with what he's doing. And so we've been working with him for probably about two years now. Um, and so last year he visited 12 regions in the 12 months and he has a team of people and they go every single month and they make a donation to one of the chips compounds um, in throughout the country. And so part of what we were doing is some of the stuff that we were collecting um, from Swivel and things that we were collecting through the through 3GC, we were donating to his organization to be delivered to these compounds. And oh, so the two people on to the left of me are other team members for uh, 12 and 12. And then this beautiful young lady here is actually the daughter of the mom who told us her journey to get to the compound. Oh. And we brought biscuits for them. That is so powerful. And so what about this one right here? So this is when we went to the northern region. And as you can see, if you notice, most of these products are U.S. products because we donated these. Um, to uh, through 3GC, we donated these items to be given to the chips compound in uh, the northern region in a town called Tamale. Oh, and so, so you can see on the right hand side, we donated sanitary pads. Uh-huh. In the front, we donated vitamins. We donated, I think there's colace in there. We donated Tylenol. We donated um, uh, like cloth diapers. We uh-huh. donated 
thermometer. Um, and then also he, he collects donations for the organization as well. So we, again, collaboration because um, we do believe that you can go further if you are working with people than you can if you're doing it by yourself. Absolutely. This is so amazing. This is one of the chips compounds and this is how they weigh the children. If you see, she gets into this device or into, it's almost like a little saddle. She sits in it and mm -hmm. then you can see the top where she, where they take her weight. And this cloth wrapped around the mom is what she uses to carry, to carry her baby. In the back corner, you can see there's a lady back corner, back right corner. You yes. can see there's a lady who's wearing her baby. And that's typically how moms operate there. They wear their babies well into the taller years. I find that so fascinating and interesting because growing up, that's what I was raised with, with my godparents. And I thought it was very interesting that people were, thought that was so odd to wear your babies. But I'm like, but you see people here in America that maybe look a little different than us, baby wearing all the time. Like it's a yeah. new fashion trend. And this yeah. has been going on for centuries. And so oh I love to see it. Forever. This is how it's done. And so that's why, again, the power of actually going into... The environment so you can see this is this is the norm mm -hmm. this is what is normal and to normalize these types of things for us when you come back it starts to change your mindset it starts to change how you view things that we do here and you start to say well it's normal over there why wouldn't it be normal here and you will find yourself talking about baby wearing talking about um well of course you wear your baby as opposed to, oh, that's a novel idea, right? So, right, and also how easy it is. I, absolutely, I feel like more people that get so stressed out and buy all these, you know, ring slings, this, this, that, and not to take away from any of that, but what can you do with a beautiful piece of fabric yes. that you can wear way into toddlers, toddler sides? Right. It's more affordable and it will actually mean something more to you. I tell people all the time, go get an awesome piece of cloth, wear that baby and keep it yes. moving. So I love this. Yes. And what about this one here? This is uh, another one. I think this was the one in the Western region. Um, and these are the, these are the healthcare workers and the chips compound. So the lady right in the, in the center with the green dress, mm -hmm. she's one of the midwives that work there. And so she was telling us that she is, at this time or at that time when we visited she was the only midwife they had um wow. so pretty much these chips compounds they're equipped to take maternal health patients um that are uncomplicated mm -hmm. um, i don't think i sent you i should have sent you some pictures of the actual facilities um but when i say equipped i mean i i say that very loosely because okay. The, the accommodations that they have for people to be able to have babies is definitely not something that our moms here would be comfortable with. Okay. And when you see it, and when you kind of put yourself in that mom's position, you're like, wow, we can help here. This is an area where we can help them do better. Um, when we go, we always go bearing gifts for them. But we also ask, hey, like we brought these things, but what do you really need? Like mm -hmm. what is that would improve the quality of healthcare that you're able to provide for your patients? And the compound that we went to in the North, their request was for uh, Dopplers. Okay. Because they're using a fetoscope to listen to heart tone. Really? So, something so that you, you can get for around three or $400. Right change the trajectory of healthcare for the moms that they serve. Just yeah. to give a little context in terms of what we're able to help, how we're able to help, and how it's minimal for us. Mm -hmm. Three people giving $100 is a Doppler, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas listening with the fetoscope, the accuracy, the ability to get consistent heart tones is just not there. And so what is mm. that? What impact does that have on the mom's uh, outcomes? That is so amazing. It just gives you so much food for thought. You had touched on it briefly. You said, you know, the conditions of that, what they're birthing in there and what we're doing here. What are like some of the stark comparisons that you have and what 
so people can have a better impact of knowing what your gifts do really yeah, help in that I space. I could send you some of those. I didn't send you those pictures, but I'm going to try to get some of those over to you guys so you can at least post them. But I think just um, accessibility and availability of basic things like an actual bed to birth on the where they have their babies is not often even a bed it's not even equivalent to what we would consider a stretcher here um sometimes there is running water and sometimes there's not one of the maternal health um compounds we went to on our last swivel trip in october just this past october um, the moms had to go to a separate facility outside of the place where they were getting their prenatal care to be able to go to the bathroom. Um, and you know how much you have wow. when you're pregnant. Um, yes, that's even part of the whole experience. It's just, yeah. you know, being able to go through that process and, you know, even during the laboring process, one of the main things we were saying, okay, go to the bathroom, sit you know, right. backwards on the toilet seat and to be able to do these things but it's really having you to go out of your frame of mind like no people are doing it birthing in all types of ways yes exactly um they do also have a lot of traditional birth attendants there that um i'm gonna send over these pictures to you they have a lot of traditional birth oh okay yeah so these are these are the group of midwives that we met and we talked to in the northern region and these were the ones that were telling us a little bit about um on a, the need for the doppler the doppler was a big one with them so i um I really enjoyed talking with them and uh, hearing kind of their experiences and what they needed and how we could support them. Because I told them, that was one of the things I told them. I said, I can't buy all of the things. I can't do all of the things you need. I said, mm -hmm. but I can use my platform and use my voice to reach out to other people that would want to help make a difference in this maternal health space. Um, and I truly believe that for us here in the United States, it's not a lot. Mm -hmm. We're not what the, the the abundance that we have here. We can give a little. We really absolutely. Can give a so I don't know if you guys are able to get these pictures up, but I did send a few more just about just with the with the kind of the space that they're that they're working in. Um, I'm actually trying to see if we can get them over because I'm I'm you sent them to my phone and I'm sitting here looking like yeah I know it's a shock. wow and that's why I didn't originally send them to you because I think too we have to also be cognizant and aware of the contrast and we see it here in the United States right Absolutely. we see the contrast but we have to also be aware that there's a contrast in Africa as well, or in Ghana. And so this is one of the rooms where moms can labor um, and the beds that they would labor on um, in one of the compounds that we visited. Um, and so if I had to give an equivalent, because I also want you to be able to see what uh, maternal health care looks like in, um, I don't know where I put those photos. What maternal? Okay, so this is the birth bed that they would be on. If you notice the far right, there's stirrups. So these are two birthing beds next to each other. Um, I think the on the pink one on the right, the bottom would drop off for okay. delivery. And then the blue one on the left, as you can see, also has stirrups and would be a space where um, a mom could deliver. And then to the far left is where there's one baby bed uh, where they could receive the newborn. Um, and then the buckets would be where they collect like placenta and, you know, other things. I don't want to get too graphic. I know all your audience isn't maternal health workers. <laughs> but you know what? It's such a great thing to be able to really to show this because actually when you come into the space, that's what you're, you're learning these things because people don't know, even in yeah. the hospital births, you see this portion of it, but to be able to see, you know, how people are birthing in other spaces, these are beds from, you know, 60s, 70s that you would never even contemplate that these are used anymore. Exactly. But it's also to say like, 
this is what is brought to be safe and to have security and to be able to have this and what this looks like. Right. Looking at this supply closet as a nurse, where we have the overabundance of oversupplies and we like throw supplies away like nobody's right. business. Like I'm looking like Right. That was, I think, what struck me when I came into this space, because at that time I was director of women and infant services at a local hospital in D.C. And I was like, whoa, how much stuff did I just have all of my texts throw out because it had reached the expiration date? I said, listen, we're going to stop that today. I said, if there is something that is expired, give it to me. I'm taking it on one of my trips. And so then I started collecting even more stuff Mm -hmm. to take over. And then I'd have to go through it to see like what's actually truly expired and what doesn't expire. Right. But okay. So in this space, I'm going to tell you about this picture. This picture really just needs uh, bins to organize their stuff. Right. And obviously more supplies, but there was just the lack of ability to organize the, the space. And then at the top, they don't have any record keeping. So all of their records are on paper. And so one of the hospitals that we went to, we took an IT team with us mm-hmm. to try and help them get some of their files transitioned into even just a Google space so that they would be able to have a secure space where they could store records um, because... Their workers are going looking through all these records to try and find mom's stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and so, again, what can we bring and what can we take? We can bring organization. We can bring systems because we have that here in our hospitals. Absolutely. But what can we take? We can take that baby wearing. We can take mm. that um, that idea that you do what it takes to get your child what they need. You don't say, oh, well, the healthcare worker didn't come to my house today, so I didn't get to get a chance to get the baby shots. Or I just was busy. I didn't get a chance to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. We have to take responsibility for what we can take responsibility for in our spaces. Absolutely. And so seeing people that have so much less than us be able to do so much more is empowering to me. It's it's initially the shock is like, whoa. But then it's like, whoa, how are how are we not able to do more with what we have? Absolutely. Like, it just gives you such a grounding space of like, okay, I can do so. Now that everyone, our viewers, myself, we're all like, okay, we hyped up. How we can get you gloves, diapers, everything. How we want to send you supplies. How do people support you in this? And because people are now that they're going to watch this like, oh, I didn't even know this was needed. I have a, a bins of stuff that I'm supposed to throw away. Where can we send these things to you? And how can we get involved? Even if we can't take a trip with you, we just want to send you stuff. So how do we send you things? Okay, so I think the best way to connect with us is going to be either on A Mother's Intuition, my IG, or the IG for Swivel. And if you send me a message, I can let you know where you can send items to um, and kind of what the items are that are needed. Because like I said, I'm going to just give it to the wisdom of older older age. Mm -hmm. I'm recognizing that it doesn't have to be me that does all the things. Mm -hmm. And so what organizations can I connect with to bring, like I said, my voice and my platform to be able to say, hey, these are the things that are needed. How can we get them to you? So I will go to the organizations that we work with on the ground and say, hey, what are the things that you need? And then can can get people an idea of what's needed. Because what we don't want to do is have a quote unquote savior complex. Right. We're just giving people things and saying, oh, here, we're giving you what we don't need anymore, or we're giving you what we think you need. Right. We really want to make sure that we're connecting with people and saying, how can we help you? And the only way we can do that is by hearing what they tell us. So connect with me on IG, uh, follow our pages. Um, I do post frequently kind of upcoming events and what's going on. So if you decide, hey, I want to go on a trip, it will be posted there. If you decide you would like us to curate a trip specifically for you and a group of people, our minimum is 15 people. 
Okay. We'll do that for you. We coordinate. Um, I work with um, an organization in, in Ghana, uh, the Bond Media Group, and they help us curate all of our trips. So we will curate a trip specifically for you and your team. It doesn't have to be maternal health related. It can be just, hey, we've got a group and we want to go to Ghana. Um, we do have our service component that is incorporated in all of our trips. Mm -hmm. um, and we go to places like the Cape Coast School for the Deaf. We go to maternal health compounds. Um, we visit orphanages. So we do different things under Swivel. Um, so IG is going to be the best medium to connect with us and get involved. I absolutely love it. And I am so inspired and I'm so glad to have you in this space and to have known you for a plethora of years and to watch how you've evolved. I just want to take this time with our viewers and guests to give you your flowers. What you're doing is so amazing and you're changing lives globally you're making global change and that you're able to take those resources and to bring them back here and give somebody you're giving a sense of a culture and identity to a people who have lost that yeah and then by able to take the resources that we have here that we take for granted giving it to a group of people who are so deserving and so you're giving life on life and i want you to sit in that and really own that like yo you're, you're giving global life right now oh, and so i you're so welcome and so to my audiences out here give collect be a space i know in my new space we will definitely be having a space that we are going to be taking donations and taking collections because you never think of things that we take for granted can be be so meaningful from someone else and then on the flip of that the lessons and the wisdom that has been brought over help helping impact our lives and make real change so i thank you thank for you this, thank you so much all that for you do. me this opportunity to share the work that we're doing. I really do appreciate it. You're so welcome. It's important. Like people need to hear what what's going on and who's showing up and who are the movers and shakers in our community. Because a lot of times we move in our work silently. We do. We're not here for the recognition. We're here to be like, I'm just trying to do what creators moved me to do because right. it's the right thing to do. Exactly, exactly. So I, I thank you. And again, remember, see, hit up the IGs, reach out to Amina. She's always posting. She's out here doing the work. Give her her flowers and donate. And then also, if you're moved to do these trips, do these trips. You know, you got me looking at my finances. Like, okay, I'm going to save my yeah. Dunkin' money and my nail money because I want to be able to, you know, travel and see and do because it does. You're out here really changing lives. Yeah, definitely the impact is felt when you make donations. We appreciate it and are abundantly grateful for the donations that anyone sends us uh, for the work that we're doing. But the true impact is going to be in being able to take the trip yourself mm -hmm. because that's when you are able to talk to other people and right. able to experience it and feel it in a way that you cannot simply cannot be captured from my words and my photos. You really have to be able to experience it. So I encourage strongly everyone to please connect with us. Let us know how we can help you get there. Oh, so res, thank you so much. Thank you. We we love the work that we do so we can bring it to people like you because then yeah, you know and can be part of the change. So this brings us to the end of our segment of according according today. And to my viewers, to everyone, know that you're amazing, you're loved, you're powerful, and you're you're important and special. Thank you for joining us and until next time, take care. Bye you guys.